the other side of midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano, and it's Friday morning. That means it is time for us to do Ask Frank Anything. I will answer your questions on any subject throughout the hour. If you have questions, you can go ahead and start queuing up 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. Well, by now, you've probably heard that last night, not last night, but uh, Wednesday night, we had our big gala and I had the opportunity to introduce Curtis Slewa. Now, most of the feedback that I've gotten on my remarks was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, Rita Cosby said so. Dominic Carter said so. In fact, Rita, as she was leaving just before, she said, oh, have a good weekend, Mr. Toastmaster, uh, Mr., uh, you know, really great speech maker. She was really over-the-top complimentary, and her longtime companion said the same thing, as did almost everybody else, including the police commissioner, Ray Kelly. Now, Sid Rosenberg took some shots at me this morning for, or yesterday morning for going on a little long. Okay, that's a fair criticism. But I'll tell you, the one guy who should not be bashing me for going too long because I was primarily talking about him was Curtis Slewa. And yet, in the latest edition of his podcast with his son Anthony, father and son, that's precisely what he was doing. So last night, Anthony, after 28 years, I got the Lifetime Achievement Award at WABC. I mean, that is a huge accomplishment from WABC. But. Celebrating it. But. Frank Morano, the Mama Luke, was giving me the award. Right. And he talked on and on and on and on. And it's like falling asleep. And he just kept talking on and on and then. John and Margo had to say, hey, get him off of that stage. Yeah, it's like, get, boom, get That's him right. off the stage. Chad, Chad like had that. to come up and pull the hook on him. Yeah, just like, hey, come here, you little rascal. And like, still, he was talking off the stage, Frank Morano. You're a member of the JV. You're not ready for primetime, right, Andy? Yeah, no primetime. I mean, I guess that kitten has claws. I guess that'll learn you. My goodness. If you're ever tempted to say something about Curtis Lee with its complimentary, don't. I'm reminded of what one member of the Gotti family once told me about Curtis. I feel bad that the guy was shot, but heaven forgive me, I can understand why someone would want to kill him. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he said that uh, he was making plans to go with his son to see the musical on Broadway, Dear Evan Hansen. Now, I've seen the first third of the film, Dear Evan Hansen, but I never saw the whole thing, and I've never seen the theatrical production. I've always wanted to, but... Apparently, it is leaving Broadway in the next week or two, so I'd better hurry up. Now, at the same time, my stepmother tells me that the musical Come From Away is also 
leaving Broadway, so my wife and I have made plans to see that within the next couple of weeks. Now, we don't see that many shows. Maybe we'll go to one or two, at most three a year. But uh, I am tempted to go see Come From Away and Dear Evan Hansen if people think that's worth seeing. If there are any other shows that are leaving that you think I should really see before it's too late, please email me. Frank.Morano at WABCRadio.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at WABCRadio.com. I'm especially interested in any shows that might have half-price tickets, which uh, I think Dear Evan Hansen and Come From Away both currently do. Come From Away is somewhat related to September 11th. Uh, My understanding of the story is it's a town in Canada where a lot of the planes which were diverted, either flying out of New York or to New York, were diverted to. And the stories that that happened in that town. I don't know too much about it. I don't want to know too much about it. I want to kind of go in cold. I've heard some of the songs. They all sound very upbeat, very nice. And I'm reminded because this Sunday is, of course, the anniversary of the September 11th attacks. And I am going to be participating in the Tunnel to Towers walk uh, because the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, run by Frank Siller, is an incredible organization that does God's work in terms of helping the family members of fallen service members in terms of helping service members that come back with life-changing disabilities, and I'm very proud to partner with them. So I'd really like your help. If you would consider making a small donation, I can't think of a more appropriate time to do so than this weekend. Stephen Siller died after running through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel and then making it to the World Trade Center while he was trying to do what he can to save lives. He died in that process, so we walk in his honor. So I'd love for you to go to wabcradio.com slash walk. That's wabcradio.com slash walk. Find my picture, click on it, and make a donation. I can't think of a better weekend to do it. Those of you that have already donated, thank you. And for the rest of you, I hope you will donate. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. So I've met the Brooklyn District Attorney Eric Gonzalez a couple of times. Strikes me as a very nice guy and a smart enough guy, but I find him completely unimpressive in the job that he's doing. And I feel even more strongly about that after seeing what's going on this week. Have you heard about this? Well, Brooklyn prosecutors in the DA's office are seeking to throw out 378 criminal convictions. These are mostly low-level drug offenses and traffic offenses dating back to 19. 19- 1999 that relied on 13 former New York Police Department officers who were later convicted of crimes relating to their work. So this is a move that's part of an expansive effort by prosecutors across the city to review cases, even ones that are decades old, that involved discredited police officers. It reflects a broader push to scrutinize police testimony and a recognition of the catastrophic effects that even misdemeanor convictions can have on people. This would be among the largest mass dismissal of convictions in the country. I am not for keeping people locked up. I tend to think we should give every benefit of the doubt to the defendant. I think if a prosecutor cheats or a cop cheats to get a conviction, that conviction ought to be thrown out. I have to tell you, I think this is absolute lunacy. Just because these 13 cops were convicted of crimes related to their work, 
That does not mean that every arrest these cops ever made was fallacious. What if some of these criminal convictions are actually legitimate? Why are we giving a free pass without the attorneys for these defendants showing that there was faulty police work in those specific cases? If a cop lied, if a cop cheated, if a cop did the wrong thing, if he broke the law himself in an attempt to arrest somebody or prosecute prosecute someone, or if a cop perjured himself on the stand, by all means, throw out the conviction. But for us to simply say... We're throwing out, we're, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, and all of a sudden, these 378 people, because they had the good fortune of being arrested by a cop that later turned out to be crooked, you're now officially innocent? Look, I'm all for getting people out of jail. I'm all for not convicting people needlessly. I recognize the heavy burden that a criminal conviction has on someone's life for the rest of their life. But sometimes they're guilty, and I think these defendants should have to show that they're not guilty or at the very least the cop cheated i think what the da's office is doing here is pandering foolish and i hope more da's around the country do not follow this model beam me up to be continued the other side of midnight local spotlight one more hour to go. Don't even think of touching that radio dial. This is Frank Morano here on the other side of midnight. You know, I was listening to Greg Kelly here on WABC yesterday afternoon, and he said something very interesting. Now, maybe he was just sort of doing what I do and letting his mind wander, letting his imagination wander. But he said something that I found very interesting, and it was about potentially running for office in the future, including mayor of New York City. This is what he said. I got a better chance as being mayor, and I think that's where my skill set lies, quite frankly. And when the hell is the election? I mean, uh, what's it? Schumer is up right now, and Gillibrand in two years. I don't know. I don't want to be one of a hundred. You know, I want to be. I want to be in charge. I want to be in charge, pal. You know what I mean? I don't want to be asking and writing letters and asking for permission for this and that and the other thing. And please do me a favor. I want to say. I want to pick up the phone and say. I want a dozen cops on 110th Street right now. You know, I want that kind of stuff. That's that's where I think I can make the biggest difference. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm a long admirer, a longtime admirer of his father, Ray Kelly. And when I saw him at the gala this week, there was person after person that came up to him and said, I wish you were the mayor. I wish you would run for mayor. And you can count me in that camp. I think he would have been a great mayor of New York City. Greg, I, uh, I don't know how he would handle the job of being mayor of New York City. But I'll tell you, I think it would be great for him to consider it. I would love for him to publicly talk about it, flirt with it, do, you know, kind of an exploratory committee. Because what it does is it gets the conversation going and people say to themselves and others, well, if other prominent Republicans and just non-Democrats are thinking about running for mayor of New York City, maybe I should, too. And I remember Nicole Gelinas from the Manhattan Institute. She had flirted with running for mayor Uh, in 2021 for that very reason. Part of the reason that Curtis was able to march into the Republican nomination is because there was a void of candidates. There were no serious candidates that really wanted to run. And I think that's a problem. I think the best thing for the Republicans and the best thing for the city of New York, quite frankly, is to to get as many high-profile, right-of-center thinkers talking about running for mayor of New York City. And I would love to see Greg throw his hat in the ring. I think he would elevate the race 
and I think he'd have a lot to offer. What do you think? I hope this was something that he's seriously thinking about and not just something that he was toying with. Hate to lose him on the radio, obviously, but I think if he were to run, I think he could be very formidable. Beam me up! To be continued.